Welcome to Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Robbie Straczynski. Thank you so much for joining us on episode number 111 of Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town. Today's guest is a cult hero to thousands of online poker fans who follow his streams on Twitch regularly. Having been a Twitch streamer for half a decade now, this man has written the book on how to grow a loyal audience and how to entertain the masses with his gameplay and extrovert personality. He's also completed the infamous 12 Labors of Arlie in order to win a PSPC seat in 2019. And now he's heading back to the most glamorous location in the world of poker, and he can't wait to get his feet wet again. Today, we get to know him a little better. Arlie Shaban, welcome to the Cards Chat Podcast. Hey, Robbie. Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited to be here. Got lots to talk about with the PSPC coming up. You brought back some memories of that old one, the challenges and trials and tribulations to get there. Sure, we'll get into all of that. I'm excited to be here. We will. Likewise. And it's nice. And I had mentioned prior to starting, you know, it's uh, we've both been around the poker world for a little while, but never really had the chance to communicate directly. So it's, it's nice to have this opportunity. Sorry? Ducking and dodging. Ducking yeah, and yeah. dodging. <laughs> um, so the first question, uh, I imagine you've probably gotten this before. What exactly is Arlie short for? And have you ever met another Arlie in all your years on planet Earth? Yes, definitely been asked that one. So it's actually not short for anything. And I have met two other Arlies, but related to them both. So I was named huh. after my grandfather, Arlie Shaban. And uh, the name actually is Syrian, down the lineage a bit. Shaban comes from Syria, uh-huh. great pa- grandparents on my father's side from Syria. So that's where the name comes from. And then my dad's cousin was also named Darley after my grandfather. So those, the only two people related. Very good. Very cool. Well, I, I, there aren't that many Straczynskis in the world either. So I know what it is to be somewhat uh, unique yeah. name-wise. Yeah, um, I definitely get all my social medias, like at Arlie Shaban on everything, just like nothing gets stolen, which is nice. It's nice because it's like, you know, like Madonna or Cher, you know, like or Ronaldo, like everyone knows Arlie. You don't need to say which one, you know, so at least in poker, that's for sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm obviously very familiar with what you've done over the last few years since you became a poker stars ambassador, but I have to admit, I don't really remember what exactly your poker backstory was. And I'm sure there's folks out there in the Cards Chat community who are also in the same boat. So could you tell us, how did you first get into the game? Absolutely. Like, uh, I get to tell this story a lot. And looking back at it now, it's so crazy to me how it all worked out. But uh, growing up obsessed with poker when I was in like 10 years old, 15 years old, 20 years old, was having poker games at my house throughout all those years with different groups of friends. When I got to high school, university, played so much poker, but was better than my buddies. But when I tried online, just would get crushed. Mm -hmm. Couldn't figure it out. Played millions of hands online as like a bad reg. And then uh, I was actually on Big Brother Canada season two about nine years ago. And Kevin Martin played Big Brother season three. I had never heard of streaming poker on twitch until kevin got cast on big brother and they explained what he did for a living yep. he was signed by poker stars he streamed himself to an audience online and i, w- I immediately went to 
YouTube, started looking up his videos. First time I had ever seen a Twitch video was when Kevin was in the house. I looked up his $8,000 win of the Hot 44 on YouTube where he sucked out (laughs) with King Deuce versus Ace King. And that has been burnt in my memory forever. And I was like, I want that. I I, like, that's literally what I want to do. And remember, I wasn't even a profitable player at that time. Right. So I met Kevin at his finale of Big Brother season three. And we became really good buddies. We just connected. I'm actually in Calgary right now playing live poker with Kevin. And uh, I asked him, I was like, I've played way more hands of poker than you, but you're a way better player than me. And I don't understand. Are you just like 50 times smarter than me? Like, how'd you do it? (laughs) And he just kind of laughed it off. He was like, well, like, what are you doing off the felt to improve your game? Mm. And I'd never been asked that by anyone before. And I didn't even really understand what he was asking. And he was like, well, are you studying? And I kind of laughed because I thought he was joking. And I was like, studying what? I thought you just like <laughs> play and get better. And he was like, oh, and then he had a good chuckle. And he explained what poker training programs were to me. And then it clicked. I was like, oh, my. I'd already got my degree in university for business. Didn't know what to do with it. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to treat this like I'm going to university for poker. Like, I'm going to take this super serious it's all on me i'm going to make strict rules i'm going to watch this training program through and through and through and i'm going to take the most detailed notes and i did that and i was at that time job to job trying to figure out what was next like put myself in a little bit of debt and i was working at enterprise rent-a-car so my plan was to get a job at enterprise rent-a-car And I had got pretty good at poker at that point. So I knew that I had a chance of going full time, but I was broke. So I'm like, this is maybe seven years ago. I'm like, okay, I need to get money somehow so I can kickstart my career. I need a bankroll. So I'm like, I'm going to work at Enterprise Rent-A-Car until I can take out a line of credit or loan from the bank. As soon as I have enough paychecks under me, boom, I'm going to quit and give my poker career a, a shot. And, uh, at that time, I'd also set a challenge for myself, just a personal challenge. And it was, I had to set really strict rules about poker because my problem was game selection and bankroll management. I would tilt off my money and punt in higher stakes after, even after a winning session, if I felt like I should have won more or if I didn't like how I lost on a final table, I would just immediately punt my money off. And right. so training programs taught me not to do that. So I set rules for myself for a year. I couldn't play any game over $16.50. I couldn't buy into tournaments that uh, were past 45 minutes of late registration and past 15 minutes if it was a PKO. I couldn't satellite into bigger games. And uh, it's tough. It takes a lot of self-discipline, especially online when these games are available 24 seven to you as, yeah. like, Oh, you know, I'll just hop into the 22 or the 55. Right. Uh, good the for you. Part for me was I actually knew for sure I was profitable in the 22s and the 33s, but I wasn't trying to make money. I was trying to change my mindset in that year because right. my mindset was the thing preventing me. And that's what a poker training program taught me. I was a good enough player to be a full-time poker player but I wasn't playing the right games. I didn't have the right mind at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day. I was just doing things wrong. So can I interject one question? Actually, you had said earlier that when you saw Kevin and what he was doing, by the way, folks, Kevin was episode number 14. So after this one, if you haven't heard that one, you enjoy his dulcet tones on episode 14 of the cards chat podcast. You said 
you saw what he was doing. You're like, I want that. Are you specifically referring to the broadcasting of the online poker on Twitch or the professional poker lifestyle? Everything about it. So, okay. Because the way you're talking is like, which, which goals were you working towards? Right. Okay. I was working towards that becoming a poker streamer uh-huh. and professional Got it. because okay. I just come off big brother. Obviously I don't mind getting in front of the spotlight, trying to entertain stuff like that. And I love poker and I didn't even think there was a world where you could combine them other than just like being so good. You got signed and like went on TV type thing. Right. So it's like once Kevin showed me, there was a new world I didn't even know about. Sure. I'm in a very obsessive person. I'm like a dog with a bone when I want something. So I was like, oh, this is within reach. Like it's a, it's new too. It's not like it had been around forever. So I was like, ooh, at at its infancy, before a lot of people know about it, I'm going to get in and just try really hard. Nice. Yeah. So when you're, so when you're doing that, when you're chasing that whole package, right? Part of that is, you know, like all poker, online poker is a very lonely pursuit. And yet you're going ahead and you're sharing this pursuit, this journey that you're on. And, you know, you're telling and an audience the brass rings that you are reaching for. What's that like, you know, carrying, you know, tens, then hundreds, and then, you know, thousands of people with you on your journey? It's awesome. Because, yeah, poker is a very, very lonely sport when yeah. you're whatever you would like to call it when you're playing it online. And uh, the craziest things happen when you're playing poker and they just happen to you and only you, the people at your table see, but it's not like anyone around you saw that one outer. It's right. like oil flush or like a straight flush or a straight flush. That Guys, that doesn't happen, but there's no one to share it with. So it's cool. There's a four minute delay on my stream. So when something wild happens, I know in four minutes, all of the viewers are just going to experience that with me. <laughs> And whether it's good or bad, they get to come on the ride. They get to see my reaction and I get to see their reaction. And we talk about it after. So it's it's a very nice addition. Awesome. Very cool. And just like, you know, obviously now having built that audience and being a sponsored pro, very different than when you started out five years ago. Were there sort of like milestones that you were reaching for, you know, along the journey. I mean, again, you wanted what Kevin had. That's the the goal, right? Yeah. But what did you see, I guess, as sort of like the the you know the milestones along the way? Uh, or is it just a matter of, of increasing the numbers? Increasing the numbers was a big part of it. I'm obsessed with numbers and statistics. So I got really into like memorizing and looking up every top 25 Twitch poker streamer in the world's numbers. Mm-hmm five times a day. Like I got really obsessed. I knew where everyone was at. No one knew more about me. I bet no one in the world knew more about that than me in those years, because that's, <laughs> that's, they were who I needed to be. And I needed to figure out why they had those numbers, not just what the numbers were, why they had them, why they were growing so fast, why some people were growing faster than others. I would watch those streams and take notes on why I thought they were growing. And I tried to make a huge combination of all that together. Mm-hmm. So My biggest milestone that I wanted to achieve at the very beginning was it was a challenge that I had created for myself based off of everything that I was witnessing. All the top streamers said two things, really. One, it's really hard to stream all the time consistently. You take a lot of time off. And then that um, they, what was their other point? So you have to take some time off because you're streaming so much. 
and that it's hard mentally to stream poker. It's just tough. And so I remember being like, okay. <laughs> and knowing that Twitch likes a good challenge. They always talk about how Twitch likes challenges. So I was like, I wanted to do a challenge and I wanted to be, I, I'm mentally strong just in general compared to the average person. I can like really willpower my way through things. Okay. And so I knew I needed people to see that because that's a cool trait I like in watching people as well. Right. So my challenge that I created from my first stream ever was I was going to stream 125 days consecutively, eight hours on average per day. So it was going to be a thousand hours in 125 days. Yep. But I didn't publicly say that. I said publicly I was going to go for 50 days. Oh, and okay. everyone said it was impossible. 50 days was impossible. No days off. Never streamed before. This is your third stream in a row. You're not going to do 50. And I'm not even the type of person that uses that as fuel. Like, I honestly don't even need the fuel. It was happening regardless. I just, in my head, was laughing because I'm like, these people are telling me I can't do something, but they don't know who I am. And uh -huh. it's not like, I do have a big ego, but it's also just like, I knew I could do it. It, right. it. it wasn't like, I knew they were wrong. And I wasn't trying to prove them wrong. I just knew this was good for my career. So on day 50, mm -hmm. I was like, all right, guys. The plan the whole time hasn't been to stop at 50. It's been to go to 100. I didn't even tell them 125. Right. So I did that. And then at 100, I did it again. I'm like, it's too close to 1,000 hours. I want 1,000 hours in 125 days. And then, boom, we capped it off at that. Unbelievable. And I do have a, a specific question about that, but we'll save that for just a little bit later. Hashtag foreshadowing. But you have inspired a different follow-up question to that. Aside from poker or away from the felt, where and when, you know, previously or elsewhere in your life has that sort of tenacity sort of reared its head? What, what else are you like super duper passionate about and, you know, yeah. wouldn't let go until you get there? Like, is it, you know, exercise, any other sort of a hobbies or anything like that? Yeah. Well, the first one that jumps out at me was Big Brother Canada. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I was obsessed with the show as a kid. Like, again, just obsessed. It was my favorite thing to watch ever, <laughs> Survivor or Big Brother, just the competition aspect of it, the intelligence, the outsmarting people. I wanted to just play and see. Everyone always thinks I could get on there and do it type of thing. So season one of Big Brother came to Canada. I didn't even know about it. I like I missed the casting. And then season two was rolling around. And I remember I was so mad at myself for missing season one because I'm such a person who goes after the things I want. And I was just in my own world and university. And I missed that it even came to Canada. Right. So I'm like, oh, if you're going to chase your goals, you actually have to, they're not just going to fall into your lap. Like you have to be aware of what's going on in where your goals are from. So I started like looking up a lot about the casting and uh, I knew I was going to apply for season two. So what I did was I looked up who the casting director was. Her name nice. was Robin Cass from California. And I looked up every single piece of interview, video written that she had online, every single one. And I, same thing, I memorized it. I knew wow. everything about what she thought about the show. And at least it publicly. was great. Right. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. What she was saying she wanted in contestants is like the thing I was looking up the most. And, uh, and it was actually great because I had a lot of the traits already. It's not mm -hmm. like I was just going to have to go in there and like be something else. I was like, oh my God, she actually seems like she likes my type of person. So I'm just going to be me and be like a really big animated version of myself. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I ended up making it on my first try. It's like a six-month audition process. Uh-huh. And she just, she loved me so much from the very beginning. And I could tell, and I was like, I hope she's not like this with everyone. But like, she just put me right on the show. And she pretty much was telling me she was going to do that. I'm like, crazy. So like, yeah, a lot of people around Canada applied. So it was pretty cool to just make it my first try. Awesome. Well, obviously, you're very proudly uh, Canadian. You know, you know those, those of you folks who are just listening and not watching, you can't see on Arlie's right shoulder. He's got the uh, Poker Stars patch there. It says Canada on it, I believe, right? Usually it has like the on your right, on your right to, side uh, on the shoulder. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's there just Team Pro, but they should give me a nice little Canada one. It has a little Canada thing. Obviously, you know, proud of the whole uh, yeah. Maple Leaf thing. It's uh, It's pretty cool. Um, talk about your pride for your country. What you know, obviously, and everyone's proud of the country they live in, that sort of a thing, unless you're in North Korea or something. Apologies to our North Korean listeners. Um, but but I you know, like what is it that you know, growing up in Canada, living there till today, and you know, obviously it's a wonderful place to play online poker as well. So what does it mean to you to to be Canadian and you know be a Canadian representative of the of the brand? Absolutely. I love Canada. Canada has been such an amazing home for me. I uh, I grew up very Canadian, playing a lot of hockey. Hockey was such a great sport. You just uh, a lot of my friends from my childhood were from hockey. I also um, <clears throat> I've just done a lot of different things. Like there's so many different camps and lakes and stuff around where I grew up that, that I feel like is just so Canadian. The winters damn cold we're going through one of those cold (laughs) canadian winters right now so it's like you got to get through the winter to get to the beautiful summer like toronto's got lake ontario right beside it the cn tower it's just i live right in the heart of toronto too and liberty village kind of a nice area in toronto and it's just it's so nice i'm looking to to actually buy a condo down there now kind of shopping around so i love canada i love ontario where i'm from and uh probably stay here my whole right. life, I could see it happening. Awesome. And it is like, you know, the whole stereotype, Molson beer, maple syrup, poutine, the whole deal? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Poutines are really popular here. And uh, the Canadian maple syrup is actually just best maple it's syrup. The best. <laughs> and apologies to our people in Vermont, our listeners. So like that has good maple syrup too. But yeah, get out of here, Vermont. <laughs> Canada, Canada, Canada. <laughs> Well, four years ago, maybe a little bit more than four years ago, uh, it was all, as we mentioned in the intro, it was all about the 12 labors of Arlie. So what was that What was that like to be a part of? And also a second question of a fellow Canadian of yours, Daniel Negrano, he was uh, episode number 100 uh, of the podcast. You know, he also played uh, a little bit of a, of a role. He taught you quite a bit during the, the 12 labors of Arlie. So Talk about sort of the, the experience in general and also learning from, you know, Hall of Famer and one of the best to ever play the game. Yes, absolutely. So Poker Stars reached out to me um, a little bit after my 125-hour uh, or 125-day streaming streak. They reached out to me and they were like, oh, so we see you like challenges. Uh-huh. And, okay. uh, see, it kind of all worked out. Twitch like challenges. I set a really, really big challenge. And then I got approached by the company I, I had my eye on. Yeah, it was you certainly got their my, attention. Yeah, yeah. I thought it would take genuine years. And, and it was probably six or seven months when they reached out wow. with that. And uh, they just said that they wanted to know if I would accept them giving me challenges that nothing else other than we would like to give you challenges mm-hmm. no clue what it's going to be for 
you think you can handle these? It's kind of how they came at me. Wow. And I was like, you guys can give me any challenge you want. Oh, boy. And I will <laughs> put me up against anyone doing anything, and I'll show you what I'm made of. So that's how they approached me with it. And then Daniel Negreanu actually was gave me some coaching throughout that uh, process. Like right. he came onto my stream and Sprague, he was on there as well. It's got a little mediator introducer. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I had a bunch of hand history saved up and we put them through a replayer and Daniel just broke down. Oh my God, that was such an experience. Like I was fanboying. It's crazy because like I was brand new into being a full-time poker player. I didn't mm-hmm. even really call myself a poker player yet because it had been six months. So I was like, I didn't even know if I was going to be one, right. people ask me what I did for a living. I'm like, I'm attempting this. I didn't even feel like it yet. Um, and so to have Daniel break down my game, it was, he's so smart. It, it was mind blowing. I've had coaches break down my game. And then when Daniel did it, it was just like mixture of it's Daniel Legranu. It's my game. And he's, he was predicting everyone's hand that my opponents had. Like he was doing what Daniel does. Right. I'm just like, oh my, he can do this in my games too. Like <laughs> not just that with this person all day. Like he just did it off a random hand. And I'd be like, oh wow. And uh having him on my stream was incredible too. Like I had been a streamer for six or seven months, and I had Daniel Negranu, one of the absolute biggest names in all of poker, not only on my stream, coaching me in front of my viewers. So yeah, that was mind-boggling. Right. So no, that is pretty amazing. I have to ask that, you know, like, let's just, you know, compare then. At what point did you feel that you had accomplished and gotten, oh, I'm, I'm where Kevin Martin, you know, was. I, I, I achieved that. Was that when you got the call from Poker Stars or was it somewhere else along the way? I don't know if there was a moment for me because mm-hmm. I honestly think I was in denial for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then it it still hits me some days where it's like, uh, it's so funny. I still, I guess it, it took years. It took years. It was definitely past when Poker Stars reached out to me. It was just like, one day it just hits you. Like you're streaming and then I'm like, oh my God, I've been doing this for two years. Like I'm yeah. actually, I am just a streamer now. Like I don't have to give that auto response. Like I'm attempting this answer anymore. Like this is just what what I do now. So right. there wasn't one moment, but I, I go on rants about that once every two months where I'm like, guys, like I'll get a huge host from like Spraggy or something. And I'll just go off about how like you guys right now came over as a viewer in Spraggy's chat. Like I was a viewer in his chat for years, right. years obsessed with like streaming and poker and like, and somehow I'm on this side. So just like, thank you guys for being here. I don't know how it's happening. Amazing. Well, since you mentioned Sprague, we're going to mention he was episode number 81 of the Cards Chat podcast. A great dude. Uh, and if you can get through the whole British accent thing, it's a great uh, episode to, to listen to. Got accepted. He's fun. There you go. Um, so the next question I have for you, like, let's go back to those 12 labors of Arlie. Um, you were not guaranteed a platinum pass and you had to, you know, make it through the 12 labors and as lots of challenges, you know, like the 10 challenges of Abraham, you know, that sort of a thing as well. The 12th one was arguably the hardest one to do. Um, and it memorably involved Joey Ingram, uh, a wonderful gentleman named, I believe, Jeremy Hills, Hilser I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, and, and you, what was it like to be sort of, well, first of all, let's, for those who don't remember the story, it was four years ago, Tell them exactly what happened and what was it like to be swept up in in 
at the time, like literally the, the hottest story in poker. Yeah, it was wild to get swept up in that. Um, so Joey had gotten this uh, poker player, just this this uh, run-of-the-mill, trying to just have some fun playing poker, poker player named Jeremy. He got him uh, a platinum pass given to him by poker stars, kind of just by like putting the, putting the attention on it and, and giving some... Um, some wings and some legs to Jeremy's story. And so when that was all happening, poker stars saw that Joey was now kind of involved. And so they decided to make him my last challenge. Uh So I completed 11 challenges. And the way they actually introduced the challenges to me each time would be when I was live streaming, it would just happen one day. I would just be streaming. In front of all these people? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So I would just be streaming, and then poker stars would, uh, even I had a bunch of tables up, poker stars would just send me a message through the client <laughs> and it would be like attention. And boom, they'd send a link to my, my next labor, and I'd open it up and I'd have to read through it. And this one I got while I was streaming. I actually had a, a dual stream going with Kevin Martin, mm-hmm. and uh, who was also a team pro for poker stars at the time. And Kevin revealed what my last challenge was going to be. And the challenge was I was going to have to contact Joey Ingram and I was going to have to give him a platinum pass. And if he accepted the platinum pass, I would also get a platinum pass. But the whole caveat of it was Joey had been pretty critical about poker stars publicly in some aspects. And that's what made my challenge so hard right. is because I then had to talk Joey in to coming to that, um, the poker stars event. Sure. And, um, I know Joey, like I, I didn't know him well, uh, at that point, but I do know that he's, a he's a very proud person. Like he, he's built a very big, following and has very good good heart platforms and he uh he's takes pride in his reputation so i was worried over here i was like oh man and kevin which again because none of obviously none of this is scripted or anything and poker stars didn't know we were going to do this but kevin's like let's call him up live right now and it's like poker stars thought i was going to like take a day or two plan my like what i was going to say to him and kevin's like call him and i'm like i don't know if I just go along with everything anyway. So I'm like, let's go. We get him on the phone live. I have no clue what I'm going to say to him, but I just explain it to him, tell him what the challenge is. And Joey Ingram just leaves me hanging with a, all right, well, give me some days to think about it. Right. He's like, like, oh no, it, like you, it could be a no. What? And you've like, done 11 challenges successfully, 11 labors. And you're just. Because I was also just like, I know Joey's not in on this. And right. if Joey just wants to be like, no, I'm like, okay, I lose then. Like, I was, I had so much anxiety for those days. I'm like, what? And it was right before Christmas. I'm like, yeah. what's happening right now? I so remember a- sitting and, and, and witnessing that whole thing taking place. And everyone's eyes are all over this. And like, wow, what, you know, obviously, look. Got to hand it to, you know, whoever devised challenge number 12, uh, labor number 12, pretty darn uh, incredible thought. And it all worked out so well. I mean, it's like Oprah, you know, you get a pass and you get a pass. But like, it was so heartwarming, you know, the, the whole the whole 
the whole thing. It, it was just really wonderful. It's really cool to hear uh, to hear your perspective on it, Arlie. Very cool. Um, let's zero in on your Twitch streams themselves. Often, uh, you know, we'll see you swap in uh, the most interesting hands in real time. You know, what was it like to sort of develop that style and, and sort of adapt your your commentary uh, on your play to different events? You know, right. You know, wh while you're streaming, you know, lots, lots of people like, okay. It's a lot of things to concentrate on simultaneously because, like, you're playing and you're entertaining and you've got the chat to monitor and you're also commentating and explaining. Like, what, what's that whole juggling act like for you? Well, it's definitely, definitely a juggling act. Hmm. But I just in general, it may not even I've used it to my advantage, but I talk a lot in life. I just you may have noticed from this interview that I can. I can just ramble on a little bit. Give, give me a little crumb and I'll... Well, that makes so, my job easy, so thank you. <laughs> so um, that trait obviously transfers well to being a poker streamer, but it was awfully difficult at the beginning to get used to it, especially not many viewers. I remember hitting live for the first time and there's no one in my channel. And I just said, no matter what, I'm always going to act like there's a bunch of people here. And I know I'm talking to no one, but I'm like, if someone comes in, Mm. I want me to be in the middle of a sentence. I want them to like know that there's stuff going on and you're not just click out right away. So I just got used to it. it you make a million mistakes at the beginning. You're showing the wrong table or yeah, you're just. You're right, but the nice thing is not too many people are there to notice the mistake at the beginning. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, yeah, like misclicks will happen all the time. Sure. Just like uh, sitting out of a game that just would never happen if you weren't streaming. Those are just things that you take on the chin. And as you become a better and better streamer, you're going to mitigate those things much more. And you're going to you're going to tweak things. Some streamers only play four, five, six tables. Other streamers will play 14, 15 tables. Sure. I'm very comfortable around like 10, 11 while streaming. If I get into 12, 13, 14, could time out one. I could miss chat a bit. A bit. So I think that's my sweet spot. And just, uh, yeah, I have six on screen. Uh, and then I'll have some off to the side and always have the six most exciting games where I can just snap to different cameras. Sure. Well, this is now a question that I know for sure you've been asked many, many times before, but, well, poker world is dynamic, online poker is dynamic, and Twitch and streaming is dynamic. You know, there are people who, you know, are hearing of you for the first time, are getting into poker for the first time. Maybe they've also got that dream. I want to be where Arlie is, that sort of a thing. In 2023, with so many people creating content, whether it's on YouTube or on Twitch or, you know, a whole other various means of creating that content, what would you advise something? Because, like, the knowledge is out there. If you go ahead and look for it and the type of things you have to do, the equipment you got to get, what sort of advice would you offer someone who, you know, has the motivation, but in order to stand out? Yeah, so there's a few things that are I don't want to say mandatory, but that will give you a big edge over your competition. And um, one is being good at poker. The better you are at poker, the the more viewers you can get just because people like seeing streamers play for lots of money and people like knowing that the person they're watching is really good so that the information they're receiving is valid. And it'll go to help their poker game. They're not being misled. So that's big. Another one consistency they're really like kind of obvious things but it's like those two factors 
if you're really good and really consistent, you're already beating out a, a large, large portion of who's becoming Twitch poker streamers. And um, obviously things like having personality or being really funny. Like one thing that Spraggy has is his humor. And it's like, he is so funny. Back when I was brand new, I would raid him and he would go off about how wild and hairy I was for like two minutes and <laughs> everyone in chat would be dying. And I'd be like shaking on my couch, laughing so hard. It's like, you're getting viewers if you're funny like that. That's yeah. just happening. Um, so different things like that. But uh, David K, he's a, a newer sign to poker stars. Here. Is it Pennsylvania? And I think right? the, pardon? I think he's in Pennsylvania, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm, so yeah, he's in one of the states. I, um, I don't want to say. He, Michigan, probably right. Okay, I forget. Yeah, one of them. Um, and uh, he's a perfect example because <clears throat> he he has the first two things down pat. He's mm -hmm. an amazing poker player. He has a profit or he just has a, a profit graph where he shows exactly how much he's up or down for the year. And uh, he shows it every stream. People nice. love seeing that. And he's consistent. He has a schedule out. Not many poker streamers have a set schedule. He has a set schedule and he puts it out every week. And he like sticks to a schedule. I've been noticing he actually sticks to it. I'm like, damn, like this is sick. And this is. This is what sets him apart from other people. Mm -hmm. Really good. And, and the schedules, he streams all the time. Like, it's, right. it's not like three days a week. Like, he's five, six days a week, every week. That's how he, like, I don't know exactly why he got signed, but that's what stands out to me. Is sure. He's really good. He's got a, a following and uh, consistent. A lot to learn from there. That's, that's good. Some great tips, Charlie. Thank you. Um, well, you're obviously, you're, uh, you know, I would say it seems like your preference, your, your, Bigger passion is for the online poker uh, world, but you know you mentioned yourself. You're in Calgary right now. You're going to play a little bit of live poker, and of course, you're going to be heading uh, to the Bahamas for the PSPC and play some more live poker uh, there as well. Tell us what is it that you like uh, about live poker, and you know, I guess the second part is what will you be playing uh, in the Bahamas? Which events? Absolutely. So. Live poker is great. It's actually crazy, though, because some new stuff has been happening in live poker. I'll, I'll, I'll explain. Sure. I love live poker to hang out with my friends, mm. like Kevin, my friend John, my buddy Adele. They all came to this event, and I, I've gotten to know many people through the poker world mm -hmm. from these different stops, which has been awesome because they just show up at all these different events, and I never know who's going because i don't keep in touch with a lot of these people but right. then when they're here i'm just like oh hey and we hang out the whole week or something nice. so that's nice but one thing that's actually made it made it really cool is people recognize me at all these places now which i just it i genuinely just never i don't know i just never saw that coming mm. and uh it always catches me off guard. I think that one will always catch me off guard because it's like from Big Brother, I understood getting recognized sure. in like a nationally broadcast TV show. But my little my little Twitch stream from my bedroom, I mean, not from, <laughs> it was from my bedroom at one point, but from my condo in Toronto, it's like, right. how are these people I'm sitting beside in Calgary, like just knowing me and stuff. So that's, that makes it so cool, these live stops, where, like, people are just coming up, taking pictures, giving me high fives, or, like, rooting for me on the side, and I don't know them. I'm like, cool, guys. This is awesome. So that adds a cool element. And uh, Bahamas, I'm going to be playing the 25K. Nice. 
All my thoughts and energy are going into the 25K. And I genuinely feel like this is my year for it. I just, I feel so much better about my game lately. And I've put a lot of work into my game and I've already played this 25K. So I know what to expect. And I know what I didn't like about what I did the first time. Mm. I can adjust way better. I was too nervous. I was brand new in poker then. And it's like, I'd never played anything over. I'd never played a 5K before. And I was playing a 25K. Now I've played 5Ks and 10Ks. Not a bunch, but I've played them. And it's like, and a 25K. So it's like, oh, I'm going into this one knowing what the structure was like. And I'm just going to, I'm really, really going to just play my game and not not feel pressured and intimidated by anyone. There'll be good players there, but I'm going to play my game against them really, very confidently and, and uh, really go for it. And then if some reason I don't go deep in that one, I'd fire anything else that that's there. Okay. But uh, right now, all focus and energy on the big boy. Amazing. Well, obviously, we don't want to give away any specific strategies that you've been working on or anything like that. But in what ways or what, you know, in what ways do you think you're a better player now than you've been, let's say, three to six months ago, you know, before you, you know, turbocharged the study for this specific 25K? Yeah, well, on June 28th in 2022, Poker Stars, um, Ontario cut itself off from the global market. Right. And me being from Ontario, I had no clue how that was going to go. I was pretty nervous thinking I might have to leave. We just talked about how much I love my home of Ontario. Right. Might have to move out of the province just to do my career. So I was pretty nervous about that, but turned out to be an amazing change. Player pools are way smaller and uh, field small, a prize pool smaller, all top regs from around the world gone, just gone. And snap of a finger one day, the 27th, they were there. The 28th, they disappeared. Uh-huh. And I moved up to, from like a, a medium reg to one of the top regs in Ontario. And that's uh-huh. crazy to me. Like it made me so much more confident in my game as well. That's cool. I, I now am really, really good at playing one way against pros and one way against recreationals. Cause huh. it's so black and white different now that like, and I was doing that before. You have to do that before. But I mean, like, that. now I'm really good at it because it's also what I teach on my stream now. I'm like, oh, if you guys want to learn how to play against wild, crazy players that you play against in these 50-cent games, watch what these people in Ontario are doing. This is what you're talking about, and I'll show you how to play against them. But then there's some good regs around here still, and we're at the final table together all the time. And then... I have to obviously not that let them run me over. So I have to play hard against them. Right. And that's what I'm going to take into the Bahamas. Nice. It's going to be three, uh, however many platinum passes are given out. There's going to be so many recreationals or like players who maybe play $500 buy-ins. Now they're playing a 25K. There's going to be so many players like that, but also there's going to be the best of the best in the world there. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play my game against the recreationals one way and against the top pros another way. And I made big mistakes the first time around thinking that top pros were recreationals because I wasn't good at differentiating them. Uh Uh-huh. Very interesting. I would see them do things that I thought were out of line, but it was just a little bit above my head Uh because I was too new. 
And they were opening wider than the ranges should. So I thought, oh, like they don't even know their opening ranges. No, these guys, one of them was literally at the final table. And I realized he was a top pro. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I tried to pick on that guy. because <laughs> Like that stuff's not going to be happening. For sure. I mean, most of the folks listening do not uh, have experience in the 25K and won't be playing, but they'll be watching. And I do know that there are at least a couple uh, of platinum pass winners who uh, are you know trying to oh okay what can I learn from Arlie that's some interesting and good information uh, to remember I'm sure they know but still to hear it from you a seasoned pro one that, thing I would say is you know, if you can try to spark up conversation with people at your table and they'll just tell you in that conversation whether they're a good player or not people have oh, you'll know so right away yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and, and try to figure out who won platinum passes and how they won them and then. If they just won them from a random draw or like whatever, then you'll you'll also know that they are going to be very uncomfortable there. And uh, poker is a pretty ruthless sport. Like those yeah. are people you're going to play lots of hands against, just straight up. Yep, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, well, we like uh, you know just just like at the poker table, you got to shift gears. We'll shift gears just slightly. I'm sure the uh, a lot of people uh, have answered this question with Arlie Shaban. But I'd like to know how Arlie Shaban answered this question. Who was the friendliest player you've ever competed against at the felt? The friendliest player. Who is just so friendly? Hmm. Maybe someone like... Man, not many questions stump me. And friendliness, eh? <laughs> Well, it's probably because you have a lot to choose from. That's my thing. No, everyone's, everyone's just so, so nice. Um, I don't know if anyone jumps out at me specifically about being the friendliest. Because hmm. I'm trying to think of my buddies. Even my buddies were so ruthless to each other, so it's definitely none of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting almost Kevin Martin jumped in my head, but I'm like, no, me and him when we're at a table, definitely like, yeah, we're ruthless. So, uh, well. Okay. It's a blood that's, sport out there. There you go. That's fair. Okay. Um, well, you know, obviously you've got your hands full playing, streaming, being consistent, being on, and just, you know, being pretty awesome. What do you like to do outside of poker for fun when you got some downtime? Yeah, I, uh, I've gotten really into fitness lately. So, like, I went on what I like to call my winter wellness journey this winter. Ooh. I've... Uh, Hired a personal trainer who's also my best, one of my best friends from high school. That's he's great. a school teacher and a personal trainer, highly intelligent. So uh, he's uh, he's teaching me so much. I'm uh, got got really. I'm pretty decent in the kitchen, but I started learning a lot more just off YouTube and stuff. Where I'm like actually becoming very good at making healthier meals. Like mm. I, I could always make like delicious pastas or seafood, yeah. like. <laughs> with like all the creamiest stuff but it's like now i'm trying to like learn a bunch of healthier recipes so right now my life is all fitness eating clean i uh, i'm dating and i'm playing in the summer it's all sports with friends like i i was in a soccer league i was in a co-ed beach volleyball league i love just i got a nice uh road bike for riding around toronto me and my buddies go biking all the time so i'm kind of just like in my winter wellness hibernation journey until I get to summer where I'm just going to be playing all the sports and be on the beach every day when I'm not grinding poker. 
For sure. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you can ask that question and, and you can hear from the way you're talking, you're many times the poker player. And you could say that confidently now than you were last year, five years ago, that sort of a thing. Well, you've made health and fitness uh, a big priority. And this is obviously something you hadn't really done before. You know, in what ways do you sort of feel the differences to your life? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm very with my uh with my health so i go mm. i go hard sometimes and then take the foot off the gas this one does feel a little different yeah because i'm just i'm at a different spot in my life right now where it feels like everything's kind of going good and my health and fitness was slacking a bit mm -hmm. and kevin again one of my best friends in the world he his wife is a personal trainer kevin got in really good shape over the last few years and he told me, he was like, he wanted to become one of the top regs in the world and he couldn't even take care of his fitness. Mm. He was like, bro, like, how am I going to have the discipline to be one of the top regs in the world if I can't have the discipline to work out five, six days a week? And he's like, I needed to, like I did at the beginning, he needed to change his mind right. just about fitness in order to help his mind with poker. And I, that really clicked for me. We had that talk maybe six months ago or something. And I was like, man, like. I've never, I, I, I'm pretty athletic my whole life. Like I, I got my black belt in Taekwondo when I was younger. I played sports always, but being a professional poker player and how hard I went with streaming, I slacked on my health and I put on weight and I wasn't used to that in my life. So right. I was also like seeing my friends still be pretty damn athletic and being like, okay, uh-uh, like especially reconnecting with them. I think that helped reconnecting with my buddies. Some of them are like alcoholics, they'll do like hard drugs, right. all this stuff, but they're still fit and they can still like run a 10K on like snap of fingers and they can run a 10K. I'm like, what, what am I doing in my life if I can't do this shit? <laughs> so uh, I got some motivation through those things. Good stuff. Uh, well, we're obviously not supposed to be results oriented uh, in poker. We have to focus on the process, but we're human. Uh, you know, now at this place where you're at in your journey, you're, you know, confident in your game and working hard and fitness and stuff. Do you have specific, uh, any specific, uh, either short or longer term goals that you're hoping to achieve? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take studying to a whole nother level. I mm -hmm. feel like I'm always thinking that, but I kind of do. And then it has to go to another level from there. So it's sure. like, that's always on the docket is, is upping that as I feel like any poker player feels like they could probably do more, not any, but most feels like they could probably do a little bit more. And, um, I have right now on my stream, a hundred thousand dollar profit challenge I'm running okay. and it's at around $35,000 right now. So uh, completing that would feel very nice. Just, uh, I know I will complete it. It's just no clue when right. it, it could <laughs> a race to the top or it could have, could have some bad months. So that's really exciting for the viewers. Like I was saying with uh, David doing that on his stream, um, I incorporated the binds and caches right on my channel. So you can see how much I bought in for each day, how much I've cashed for, and then the overall profit of the challenge. And it's not a bankroll challenge. Right. I just, it's a profit challenge. Just sure. how when I'm going to make 100 grand profit. And that's from, everything it's from tournaments cash spinning goes and uh any type of like rake back i get to cool very nice okay um well i told you i'd uh, save this one for a little bit later after having asked you that specific question about you know goals things to achieve i have to hearken back now to how you started out of 
a thousand hours in 125 days. I think, again, correct me if I'm wrong, at least poker wise, that seems to have been perhaps the most difficult challenge. Again, perhaps on all level with the 12 labors of Arlie that you've ever put yourself through. And you obviously have the character traits to do challenges of that nature. You know, you know, you've got this hundred thousand challenge, you know, challenge, but I'm saying as far as like something where you have to sit, you know, 125 days in a row, what would it take to do to, you know, to, to say, okay, Arlie, would you do this again for another 125 days? Oh, like how big of a bet does Bill Perkins have to give you? (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. It's like, I was in such a different space in my life that I don't know what it would take. I know, I know I have it in me, but Mm. like in order to give up 125, four months of your life, that's your friends, your family, like dating, everything. I loved it. Everything I had to give up. I moved to a city where I didn't know anyone. So that I couldn't be bugged by like my buddy coming to my door and me having to be like, can't tonight, can't tomorrow, can't the next day. So that would be really hard to give up now because like I just said, my life feels great to have to give up four months of my fun life would be tough, but like I could do it. I just don't know. I have no clue what it would take in order for me to do it. (laughs) Well, that 13th labor, perhaps, (laughs) perhaps someday. Yes. Oh, what a crazy Uh time. Okay, I'll give you one uh, one last question of my own before we move on to the questions from the Cards Chat community. Um, you know, we're talking about your focus and, you know, all the things that you've done to prepare for this 25K. It's still the Bahamas, though. You know, it's nice. It's gorgeous weather. You said you're coming from Canada, where it's slightly less warm at the moment. You know, how will you find time to do things uh, away from the felt? And is there anything else besides the poker that you do specifically want to do this time around when you go and visit? I'm doing it different this time than I did last time. Last time was such an amazing opportunity that I got while I was there. So I could stream from the Bahamas. Poker stars had a streaming set up there. So they were streaming the 25K with commentary. And then at the end of that day, I would start my stream in the evening and they would host me from the huge, like 15, 20K viewers. It was the biggest host I've ever had still to this day was my, when I was first there in the PSPC and I would stream all night. Every single day I was in Bahamas the first time I streamed all night. So I wanted to show poker stars that. I don't just do this when I start streaming on my huge challenge. Like I'm doing this on a vacation. You guys sent me to Bahamas. I'm going to stream every day. I didn't stop streaming until they came down in the morning (laughs) and saw me still streaming 14 hours later or whatever, every time. So this time I'm going to enjoy the water (laughs) inside. 100%. I didn't even step foot in the water park last time. And I wanted to, I just like, again, I'm very strict with myself. I wasn't, right. a, I wasn't a pro in my mind then. I just got given this opportunity. And these were the people you want to impress. Like, yeah. they're, the, they're the people. So, right. yeah, this time, water park. I, I'm going to be out in the water. I love water. I'm a fish in the summer. I grew up gratefully with a pool at my house. And, like, I go one step away from having my lifeguard uh, badge or whatever it was sure. when I was a kid. And I, I just want to be in the water every day. 
Well, a fish in the water, but not at the poker tables. That's for sure. Had to make had to make the joke. I think if there's one sort of takeaway, you know, folks who've been listening and, and watching this whole time, you could say, you know what, there is a time and a place uh, for every single part of that journey. It's natural to go ahead and you know drop four months of your life dedicated to something at the beginning of the journey, but not necessarily now. And the study and putting it in and the the dating, like it's a natural progression. And I think, um, you know, it's good. It kind of puts some order into the world and, you know, gives people at those different stages of their journeys in life, in poker, um, you know, some some instruction as to how to do it right. It's very, really cool to have heard and learned your story. Um, and now this is the segment of the show where we turn to you guys, our Cards Chat community, to see what questions you wanted to ask our guests. We have a dedicated thread on the Cards Chat forums for this. So as we announce who our future guests will be, please be sure to send in your questions. And obviously that's a call to action that lots of you heard this time around for episode 111. We have a ton of questions uh, we will try to get through as many of them as we can. Arlie, are you ready? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Um, Crystals. Thank you very much, Crystals, for submitting these questions. Um, here we go. If someone is getting into poker for the first time and saw you rise from enterprise customer service agent to one of the top earning pros in Ontario, what would you say they need to do first and foremost? Study. The, the first and foremost is study. Uh, you just need to understand the, the very basic rules of the game. And if you want to become a profitable player, you study from people who have figured it all out. These people have made millions of dollars playing poker. They're some of the most genius poker minds in the world that have created content about it. And they break down exactly what you should do. And some of these things you would never be able to figure out on your own. I would never be able to figure it out on my own. They're just geniuses and figured it out. And they explained it to us where all we have to do is absorb that. So study if you want to become a professional or if you just want to be good. If you just want to be able to beat all your friends, don't just play a lot. I thought playing a lot would do it. Study. Follow up to that. This one's from me. There is a lot of poker study material out there, books, training, videos, people, you know, just your people in your home game group. How do you know which type of study is right for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question, actually. Thank you. So what I would say is a training program is really well-rounded. Before you get into too much stuff, uh, too many other different programs like uh, running your own sims or saving your hand histories and reviewing them, anything like that, I feel like a structured program like uh, BBZ has structured programs, Learn Pro Poker, Raise Your Edge. They all have structured programs from top pros and it's like an introduction. And they introduce how they think the programs start a little differently, but each top pro introduces how they think you should be introduced to studying. And so they kind of have the answers just in these really well-packaged programs. The way I describe these on my stream, and I did reference it earlier, is if you really, really look at one of these programs and you want to go through it, it's like taking a course in university for poker. Right. And that's a fully structured course written by a top professor right and you could go through it all right oh, very cool great answer um i will on out of that that's the thing you can take whatever you want under that people 
can go through university course and take nothing out of it, skip, go, show up high or drunk or hungover, and they don't take much. And it's right. the same with poker training. For sure. So people like, I've gone through a program and I, I, I don't feel like I'm better. And I'm like, well, some people can sit through a class in university and not get better. That part is on them. Absolutely. And I will say, uh, Crystal specifically asked a bunch of questions, but we did cover them in the ground. So I will just say, uh, Chris says hi uh, from uh, Team Ontario. I believe you sat with him recently uh, at yes, a photo hello. shoot or something like yeah. that. Uh, are you allowed to say what that was all about or, or not really what that whole, uh, because there was a picture with some Platinum Pass winners and you were uh, sitting at a table. Yeah. Are you allowed to share what that was or not really? I, I was there and I may have hosted a little competition and played a little poker. I'm sure that will all be out there very soon for you guys. Very to cool. See. Very cool. Uh, Shells, thank you very much for submitting some questions, Shells. Um, I like this one because it's just, you know, it's, it's, I, don't know, I like happy people. Shells asks, you are one of the happiest people I have ever seen on stream. How do you always stay so upbeat? I'll tag a little thing on there. The world is not always a happy place. There's a lot of stuff that's not happy that goes along in the world, but you have that natural radiance and uh, it's pretty cool. You know, I've been talking with you now for an hour and, you know, your smile is contagious. So uh, great question, Shells. Yeah, well, I I always want to be aware that my answer may come from a little bit of a place of privilege as well. Mm -hmm. I've lived a very blessed life and my uh, I, I haven't had too much adversity. And uh, I feel like, my dad set me up for a lot of successes. My dad was a highly intelligent entrepreneur mm. and uh, he instilled a lot of positivity in me growing up and a lot of, uh, I guess, law of attraction also. I, I mm. do fully believe what you're putting out is what you're going to get back in. You smile to someone on the sidewalk, you get a smile back, you give them the finger, you get punched in the head or you get a middle <laughs> finger back, you know? So it's like, that's what I put out. Mm. And uh, I have tough days. I have bad days. I try not to... Uh, give them as much energy uh, as maybe other people or maybe as I could. And uh, I do try to always remind myself how grateful I am. It is funny because I do think I specifically do this on purpose, though. Like, there's a new thing I'm trying where I've noticed I get annoyed sometimes if I'm, like, in a line that I didn't know I was going to have to stand in. Let's say I go to the pharmacy. There's a 30-minute line. and I, I, was, I get annoyed. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to retrain my brain right now. Where And this is how funny my brain works. This is probably part of the answer to the question, actually. Sure. So I think about it from a different point of view. Uh, if I want to try to be happy in a line where I don't want to be in, right. this is what I tell myself now. How often, Robbie, do you tell yourself, life is so short, time just flies by? Like, don't you feel like time flies by? Sure, absolutely. So... Doesn't it feel like time goes slow when you're standing in one of those lines that you don't want to? <laughs> yes. So if life goes so fast and I'm looking now at 34 being like, damn, I'm telling a story about 15 years ago. And like that, that feels like it was two years ago. Crazy time flies. What I do now is I remind myself of that in that moment. And I try to enjoy the moment. Huh. It doesn't matter that I'm standing in a line that I don't want to be in. What what's beside me in the aisle? Can I start reading some of these things? Can I learn about? Oh, last time it happened to me, I was standing beside the the lube and condoms. I read the backs of all of them. I was learning the most. I was laughing. I was having a great time. The people around me thought probably thought it was crazy, but you know what? I had a great thirty minute wait then, and I was not wow. angry like I would have been. And it's just 
reframing how you think about things. Don't let society and the world structure your thoughts. Like waiting in a line can be the best part of your day. Wow. I, I do this sometimes. And at some point during a podcast, I'll hear like, folks, if you've listened to all of it, if, you, if you're going to listen to any part of it, again, it should be that last minute, minute and a half, two minutes. Like, what a great answer. What a, a healthy attitude towards life. Something very much resonates with me. And I'm sure a lot of the folks out there uh, in the Cards Chat community. Phenomenal answer to a great question. Thank you, Arlie. Um, Thank another you. one from Shells. Um, oh, I like this one. Uh, out of everything you have accomplished so far in your life, which life event has impacted you the most? Who impacted me the most would be either Big Brother just being cast on the show or starting my first Twitch poker stream. Okay. Those two changed a lot about just who I was and how I looked like big brother was just a weird experience because I wanted it so bad. Like I wanted it so bad and it felt like I failed because getting on the show wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to win. And even though I did well and people like say I did okay, I did. I felt like that was a failure, but I got so much recognition and it changed my life in that way. Like after you walk around and people like know you and it's so strange. So it's like, it just changes how you think about how the world works. One event and now random people on the street know who I am. I was like, right. where can I find not even just the notoriety? I know there's so much money involved in having notoriety. That's kind of what my brain was like. I like being in front of people. I like entertaining. So if, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an actor. So it's like, where can I find that? So maybe Big Brother helped me find what was next. because. Obviously, that's kind of what poker streaming does a little bit. There's some notoriety and there's uh, and the entertainment aspect. So those two events, Big Brother was just one of the biggest check marks on my to-do list ever. And then poker streaming like, is my career, so I make money from it and, and I sure. go on poker trips. So obviously, those events are probably the two. Very cool. Well, here's one other event and kudos on the research here. Probably a very, very ardent fan. Chica Bonita. Thank you very much for sending in these questions. Um, and Chica Bonita writes as follows. Arlen, you had a very generous spectator who made huge donations to see how you would play in non-standard games for yourself, you know, at a higher stakes, higher cost. It's been quite a while since that person disappeared. Were you able to find out who it was? And why do you think that person decided to give you such generous gifts? How did that opportunity that this person gave you affect you? Great question. That's one of the best questions I've ever been asked. It's actually, they're, they're definitely from back in the day, that viewer. And uh, I don't talk about this much because I don't bring it up much. Um, but I'll actually just this is a wild story. So it ties into everything we were just talking about. You know how I said I stayed overnight streaming in the Bahamas? Yeah. During one of those hosts I got from the PSPC broadcast, a viewer appeared. And his name was YanksFan420. And that viewer donated over $100,000 to me in a five-month span. And this was my first year as a streamer. Well, like, I guess the beginning of my second year. And they did it uh, maybe anywhere from 1000 to $4,000 a day. There was a couple really big standout days. 
Um, but that was like normally, normally. It's so crazy. It's not an. It's not a normal thing. <laughs> That's what they would. They they became a regular in my stream. Wow. They were there eighty percent of my streams, and they liked watching me play games way bigger than I was playing. So they would donate me four hundred and twenty dollars at a time, and they did that honestly hundreds of times. Wow. And the four hundred and twenty dollars would be to play four. $100 spinning goes where they weren't staking me. I got to keep everything and a $20 tip just to do it for him. Wow. And he would do that back to back to back to back to back. Like, like one stream, he gave me $10,000. That was, that was the largest amount. And it's like, that changed, that changed everything for me. I, mm. I couldn't even fathom that amount of money because I was literally working at enterprise 18 months before. Right. So like, it's not like this was now, which would obviously still be crazy. But like back then when I didn't even know if I could make it as a streamer still, I was getting that. So I haven't spoken to them since. They hmm. stayed around for about five months and just disappeared one day. Wow. I don't know anything about them. We talked maybe two times off stream and it was like three or four messages back and forth. I, I, they just came and enjoyed the channel. I still don't get what happened. I still <laughs> don't get what happened. I didn't touch the money for months and months. I just left it in my PayPal, thought something was happening that wasn't legit. Like, right. I just, like, okay, I'm not touching that. And then it kept growing and growing. And one time when it was at like 50 grand and it had been like three months, I'm like, I I'm going to start touching that money. I think right. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. What a hell of a story. And thank you very much, Chico Bonita, for that very deep question. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll do one more from Chico Bonita. We got another couple uh, question askers to get to as well. Uh, Chico Bonita wants to know: Did the training sessions you had uh, with Ryan the Plant hashtag episode number thirty three? Got to point that out. Uh, did those help you? And did you or and did you take any lessons from someone else? Yeah, I've had lots of coaching from uh, different coaches. Ryan is a top tier coach really really good at breaking down my stats and um just showing me the leaks in my game his training program pro poker is an yep. amazing program i it keeps updating with content but uh, a few years ago i'd gone through the whole program it was it was like a really really good program so yeah ryan's one-on-one -on -one coaching i've had multiple sessions with him really good i've had sessions with uh daniel grano rob tinian ape styles uh jordan from pvz uh, others as well and uh jordan is who i've had my last session with he's amazing too all those guys are just really really good at what they do awesome very cool uh next question asker is a name we started seeing a little bit more often recently thank you so much mart 1194 great to see you putting in the questions uh we appreciate it um mart 1194 wants to know arlie um how did your family deal with your decision uh to play poker professionally did you have support from them um again i imagine okay. now looking back you know you've got all the success sure great whatever but it is a little bit unconventional especially coming also from a reality tv program like what was that like you know say hey guys i'm, I'm gonna just disappear for four months become a professional poker player yeah. and see where, what happens these are fun questions i haven't thought about these in uh in a while so with uh <laughs> With my parents, my mom and my mom and dad are both very religious, very Christian. And my mom had a hard time with being able to explain it to her friends, her, her, her religious friends. So she would kind of just say, like, 
uh, I was a streamer and like would kind of leave out the gambling aspect, stuff like that. And my dad, the advice he gave me when I first started was, are you sure you want to go all in like that? Like maybe you should work part-time and try this part-time. I look my dad in the eyes and it's so funny. I'm like, dad, do you even know who I am? Like, am I someone who's going to do something part-time? Do you think that's how I'm going to approach this dream that I want? And he kind of just laughed. He's like, okay, just do whatever you got to do. My dad does know that like, I, I I'm capable when I really, really apply myself, but I've also had failures. Like I've tried things and just failed. So, um, he, I I had to kind of like explain, like, I'm going to do this. And once he saw how serious I was and how well I had planned, he he got super behind it. And then as soon as my mom started seeing the results and how good it was going, she got super behind. Now she loves it. Like she thinks it's the sickest thing, bragging me to all her friends now, but she was apprehensive at the beginning. (laughs) <laughs> that's so it's always good to hear you know parents proud of their kids that's that's absolutely wonderful um i'm going to tweak the wording slightly of this next question from mart 1194 um if you were forced to quit poker and start over in another field what would that field be oh, okay i'm going to start off by saying i don't have an answer but i wrote that same question down to myself recently really because I really, really always like having something else on the go. Mm -hmm. I don't like, like I'm a, I got so much time and energy in my life. Things are going so good. My mind's in a really good spot. So I did actually just write that down to myself because I want to create a list of different things that I could do. And if I can, maybe just dip my toes in the water a little bit, feel it out. I'd never want to leave poker and streaming, but I, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, just like my father and grandfather went to business school. I always want to see what's out there. So if things, uh, I wrote this down a few months ago, actually, I shouldn't say just wrote it down. I haven't right. got to it yet, but it has stayed on my very important to-do list. So hmm. <sighs> it would be something business, something entrepreneurial. It'd be something that probably was just created in the last five to seven years. Uh, my whole thoughts when I was in university was find new things. The thing that I wrote down in university was what you make your career, you probably don't even know exists yet because I started yeah. realizing so many things that just get invented or just get created. Right. The early adapters make disgusting money yeah. and I don't want to be a late adapter. I don't want to work. Like, I can't do the regular stuff. I just, I don't know what it is, but I'll, I'll be one of the first people to try and sniff it out. Yep, and uh, the pace of progress in the world is faster than ever before. That's that's for sure. Oh. Uh, yep. We've got one last question asker. Um, always ask some, some wacky ones, some from right yes. field. A bunch of really great questions here from Acid Burn FX. Thank you so much for sending these in for Arlie. Uh, Acid Burn FX. I, I see the smile. Great name. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Um, what is the best part of your day and why? You know what? I've just incorporated a new part to my day, and it's probably my favorite part. I used to I used to not like people who did this, but I've started napping. Okay, oh, napping for the win. I, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's amazing. The thing is, I, I don't sleep. I, it's not even technically a nap in my mind, even though it is. I just don't sleep my full sleep a lot of nights. Like, I, I, I'm a weirdo with my sleep. I got to figure that one out. It's actually on the winter wellness journey, but uh, uh-huh. I still need to work on it more. But since I got a personal trainer, he he really pounded in my head, like, 
when you're sleeping and resting is when a lot of the recovery is happening. Right. And I'm only sleeping four or five hours a lot of nights. And I was always anti-nap. I was just like, nope, I'm up. I'm getting the day going. Like if I nap, it'll throw things off. But like, since he's pounded into my head so much, how helpful it is for me to rest. And I don't start working until five to 7 PM. And I wake up, I've shifted my life to now waking up like a normal person. I didn't normally, I used to wake up late, but now I just wake up at like, between eight and 10. And uh, since I'm really into fitness and stuff lately too, I'll get in a sick workout at the beginning of the day, come back, cook up a big meal, have a nice like breakfast, and I'll take a snooze for a few hours. Yeah. Wake up, boom, I'm ready to stream. I'm ready to like, I'll do some like food prep normally and then, and then get to my stream. And it's like that nap has changed so much for me. The ends of my stream, I don't feel dead. Like right. it's because I'm streaming until two, three in the morning sometimes. If I'm up since eight without a nap, only off five hours sleep, which honestly I was doing for years, just it was beating me down just because extra sleep helps so much. My body just wouldn't give it to me all at once. So napping, napping, yeah. napping is my favorite part. Going down that that moment when I know I'm about to fall asleep and I'm so comfortable and I don't have to do anything. I've just worked it into a daily routine, thankfully. Awesome. Very cool. Well, it seems like someone, you know, you're someone who's obviously very happy with where they are, with where their life is. So I'm curious the answer to this next question from Acid Burn FX. Arlie, if you could trade places with anyone for a week, who would it be and why? Well, I could trade places with anyone for a week. I would probably choose someone like I, I choose someone like uh, Sam Grafton, just a top pro. And I try to just steal all his thoughts. I try to just steal all his thoughts. So Sam's someone who I just met in uh, the EPT. Uh And uh, he's such a good dude. He's so fun. And like, just, he's jovial. He feels like another guy who might just be happy all the time. But he just won that $5.5 million Triton event, which is incredible. He's so good at poker, but also has like that good guy mindset. So if I could just zap into that brain and body for for a week and I'd just be taking all the notes I could absorbing all his thoughts and then bring it back to mine. I think, I think I'd be pretty well off after. Awesome. Well, speaking of well off that dovetails into the next question, massive burn FX. If you had unlimited money to start a business or invest into a current business, what would it be and why? Yeah. So unlimited money, that one's super easy. At some point in my life, I want to create a charity and the charity is going to involve connecting wasted food with homeless people or with kids who need it mm. just like good food that that's being thrown out that yeah. happens in all big cities and everywhere um and through some type of volunteer service pretty much it's just i've already thought a lot about this but unlimited money i'd start it tomorrow and it's mm. just it just needs three three factors the place that has the food a volunteer and the place that needs the food boom the volunteer connects the two i would just orchestrate it all and I know that is so doable and the only thing stopping it is money. And I, I even have a slogan. It would be called feed who need. Mm. Uh, I got it all worked out. That's exactly what I would do. 
That's very cool. That's a phenomenal answer. I got to say, uh, we do have actually something exactly like that here in Israel. Uh, it's called Leket, L-E-K-E-T. I uh, got to promote just good charities doing amazing yeah. things. And no reason why that you know model can't be copied in different cities, different countries. A beautiful idea and uh, a beautiful uh, use of a windfall. I love that attitude. It's great. Um, I actually did look look it up a little, do a little bit of research, and I did notice that it existed in different spots in the world, uh-huh. and it boggles my mind how North America hasn't figured it out because there's so much waste over here, and it's like, and there's so many millionaires and billionaires over here. How hasn't someone connected it? But it's going to be me, I guess. There you go. <laughs> it's on right place and right time for sure. Um, switching gears slightly, another one, Acid Burn Effects. Again, just a series of great questions. Arlie, what's the worst job you ever had? Worst job I ever had. It only lasted two or three nights. And <laughs> I tried to do, uh, I was probably 14, 15 years old. I tried to do the night shift where you would go and you, I, I was going to be a cleaner. I was going to clean like grocery stores and like just okay. office buildings at night when they're closed mm-hmm. so that they're clean in the morning. And I did three shifts of that and just messaged the guy. I was like, we, we tried. Right. Okay. I forgot about that job. I genuinely forgot about that job. <laughs> what is your most prized possession? I don't really. Hmm. It would be something sentimental because I don't care about like monetary possessions. Mm. Like, obviously, I like them and stuff, but I've never been one to like buy nice clothes or anything, mm. ask any of my exes. Um, my most prized possession, I'm going to say it's uh, a ring that I got from my grandfather. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I used to wear it every single day when I was in high school. Hmm. And then um, part of it broke, so I got it refixed and just stored it away. I really, really like that. And That's you know what? Maybe, maybe we can throw in a, a coin collection I got from my other grandfather. Both my grandfathers. I really like the sentimental aspect of those things that I'll like, I'll never sell them. I'll obviously just keep them forever. Beautiful. And we'll end off on uh, perhaps a little bit more of a lighthearted note. Uh, Acid Burn FX again. Thank you so much. Uh, wants to know, Arlie, if you could have one useless superpower, what would it be and why? Useless superpower. I would want to... Teleport only instead of using elevators. That's the only time I can use it. <laughs> that is so great. I'm envisioning like the Big Bang Theory that like they're all walking up the stairs now and just like teleporting. <laughs> That's a great answer. Uh, folks, thank you so much for sending in these wonderful questions, uh, creative and well-researched. And I uh, got a you know, big shout out to my, my man, Paul Seaton, who helped me with the research as well with my questions. Uh, a friendly reminder to all of you out there in the Cards Chat community. We'd love to see you submit your questions for our future podcast guests in the dedicated thread on the forums. Guys, please be sure to give us a good review on iTunes and spread the word via your social media channels if you like the show. Arlie, this has been a blast. I've really enjoyed it. Before we let you go, is there anything else you'd like to share uh, with the Cards Chat audience? Just that I am pumped up to go play the PSBC in Bahamas. 25K buy-in. I am ready for this one. Watch out for me, guys. It's my year. This one's mine.
And you heard it here first on episode number 111 of the Cards Chat podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thank you very much, Arlie Shaban. Uh, I'm Robbie mm-hmm. Straczynski. You can follow me on Twitter at Card Player Life. I wish you all a wonderful day. Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community.